We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. Following the following is a journey into comics. Journey into comics. It's a journey into comics. It's a journey into comics. Journey into comics. Journey into comics. Network. 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 Production. Production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the Podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Showtime, a-holes! What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's Journey into Comics 231. I'm your host, Nate. Hope everybody is doing lovely on this fantastic day. Whatever day it is that you're fucking listening to this, I hope you're doing well. Man, my world's been crazy since I last talked to you guys. It's strange because usually I do my shows on Sunday. I think I said that last week, actually. But the fact of the matter was, is that we actually had a show that we were supposed to perform on Sunday. I say supposed to, we're going to get to that in a minute. But anyways, we're supposed to play the show on Sunday, so I had to do the podcast on Saturday. Do the podcast on Saturday, I got like everything that I wanted to have done on Saturday, and I was like, ready for Sunday, we're going to get up, we're going to do a quick little jam session as the band. Then what we're going to do is we're just going to go cruise on down to Indy and have a fucking day. <clears throat> Buddy Sai says, hey man, I'm making delicious lasagna for you guys. It's going to be fuckingbomb.com. Get ready. And I'm like, oh, I'm ready. I'm, I'm stoked. I am so ready. This is going to be amazing. We jam. The jam is really good. I feel really confident about our jam session, actually. I was like, man, you know, uh, I feel like we just are in the groove. And <clears throat> when the three of us are in the groove there's just an energy that's palpable and you just know that you're going to have a good show. You're going to have a good night. Like everything's going to go off without a hitch. So start tearing shit down, get everything tore down. It starts snowing a little bit. I'm like, ah, whatever. A little bit of fucking snow. It's nothing. It's nothing snow. It ain't a big deal. Let's do it. Let's head down. I said, why don't we just be safe? We'll stop off in Lowell. It's where V is from. That way, it's not really a halfway point to Indy, but it's it's deep enough into the drive that we can kind of gauge how shit's going to go down. <clears throat> On a good day, clear skies, no shitty roads, it takes like 35 minutes-ish, 38 minutes we'll say, to get from my house to V's house, right? Straight shot, boom, boom, you, hump, you hop on one, Boom, you hop on another, boom, you exit onto another, and you're right there. It's like, it, it's very few turns, Very, it's super quick. I'm not going to tell you guys exactly fucking where, because it's creepy. But anyways, so, we, uh, we drive all the way to Lowell, and it takes us an hour and like 15 fucking minutes. So it's like almost doubled our drive time. Actually, it's over doubled our drive time. I can't math apparently right now. And I'm like, this is not good, is it? And the girls are like, this is not good. 
and the roads are super shitty and slick and I can't get a grip on anything and I'm just thinking about like driving home in this later and it's supposed to get colder it's supposed to have freezing rain so we call Cy and we're like what do we do and he's like do you feel safe and I was like if I'm answering honestly no I do not this is one of the few situations in my life where I actually had to consider like we are people and you know usually I'll drive it till the wheels come off this time it just didn't it it was dangerous you know so we decided we're like hey man uh it fucking sucks but we're gonna have to cancel and like you guys are gonna just have to do the show without us we are so fucking sorry we are heartbroken that this is the turn of events we did not expect anticipate or plan for snow i mean had we known this was gonna happen we probably would have drove to indy in the early morning when it wasn't fucking snowing we had no idea no indication we weren't usually I see shit online and whatnot, and I wasn't thinking about the weather because nobody had been like, oh, God, we're supposed to get shitty weather. It kind of just hit all of a sudden, you know? So it's was like, okay, this is a motherfucker. So we're, we had this great jam, and there's all this energy in the car, and we can't play a show, and now we have to dangerously drive an hour back because it's probably going to take just as long, which, spoiler alert, it did. Uh, to get us back, so it was like a three and a half hour round trip for usually an hour drive, and uh, we uh, we get we get to the house, and Sarah was like, "Fuck it, let's just set up like we're playing the show right fucking now, like we're getting to the our house is the gig, and we're gonna play a fucking show, hell or high water, let's do it." And I just loved the spirit behind that. I was like, "Fuck." Man, like, not very many people have those kind of balls to just say, let's do it anyway. So I was like, what's the plan here? Are we just going to, like, film it? Are we going to live stream it? What, like, what are we going to do? And they were like, well, you know, let's just um, let's just play the show as if we were playing to a group of people. We'll film it. And maybe if it isn't good, we'll just not release it or whatever, you know? And I was like, okay, that's fair. That's fair because, you know self-confidence man sometimes people have a hard time feeling confident with that live stream once you see the the red live like i'm sure that dick and nick can really articulate better actually and tyler as well i mean any of the guys that do the live streaming shows can articulate better that there is a little bit of a level of like anxiousness a little, a little bit of a, like an anxiety energy that you it changes, I think, your performance a little bit. It's very real. It's tangible. If you know it's coming, like, it's really difficult to shake. Like, maybe it's because when you're in control of it, because it's like you're the one putting on the quote-unquote performance, you know, and that's that whole have to switch over and be an entertainer and all that shit, and that's neither here nor there. We've talked about that before. So we did it, man. We set up our shit. They set up the camera. We fucking played. It was amazing. I was jamming and in it and into it, just as if we were playing to a crowd of people. We were playing to no one but the three of us and a cell phone. And uh, I was just like, man, no matter what, like this was a cool thing to do just for us because we wanted to play. Like it was, we desired to play for people. That's like one of the fucking coolest things I ever get to do is to entertain people like that, you know? So to get that taken away, you know, last second, as it were, which is really what it was, it was bullshit. I mean, that's that's the word for it. It was absolute fucking bullshit. So 
you know, we did that, and then Monday it really wasn't snowy or anything, but then Tuesday, here we go again, motherfucking shitty weather, can I just say, fuck the winter, man, like, I'm so sick of the motherfucking winter, like, ha I want to just scream it from the top of my lungs, it's so bad, go away forever winter, please, just stop being a season. Really don't, though, because then we'll always have bugs, and that'll be fucking bullshit. It is one good thing about winter. If you get a super deep freeze like this year, we had that fucking crazy minus 22 shit, that means the bugs aren't going to be as bad this summer because they were fucking murked out like motherfuckers with the amount of cold levels we got. The, you know, uh, anyways, that's 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 science Nate, talking about the uh, ecosystem and how that all works. Anyways, so... Wednesday, we didn't really do shit, man. I mean, I've been working on the sink thing. I kind of got it fixed, like 94%. There's a little bit of a, a drip, but whatever. It's close. It's fucking close. I did my fucking best. Give me applause, I guess. Whatever. Doesn't matter. So, f- fucking. Anyways, Thursday, you guys, is my like, oh, man. Talk about a crazy, like, Oh, I remember what, you know why I don't remember Wednesday? Because Wednesday I drove myself insane. I'm going to re I'm gonna recap Wednesday, though, because it is worth mentioning. That Wednesday I worked on the sink thing, as I said, and then I did all of our dishes in our house. Every dish had gotten dirty because we didn't have a sink. So it was like, they just kept backing up, backing up. We ended up using all of our dishes, and I was like, fuck. At some point we're going to have to do it. So I did like two and a half hours of dishes, and it's like 8.30, and Sarah's like, hey... My new piano gets here tomorrow. You guys, she got the fucking coolest deal of a piano. I'm going to tell it here. She's not here to tell it, so that's whatever it is what it is. But she got this fucking 1977 Yamaha upright piano. Like a badass, never-really-been-played piano. This older couple had it first. They held on to it for many, many years. They sold it to their neighbors, who was this younger family. This younger family is rich and has lots of money. They had it in their house, and no kid touched it. No one fucked with it. They tried, like, one or two times, and they weren't really into it. And they were like, okay, fuck it. It's it's not it's not worth it. This is not going good. So they just set as, like, a, a piece of furniture for years and years and years. This is, like, probably brand new, a $10,000-plus piano, and used right now is worth probably, cl- in perfect condition, is worth close to four grand let's say so uh she got it for 350 dollars uh this girl just didn't want it anymore you know and just just sitting taking up space in her house and she was like hey i'm trying to get rid of this and sarah it was just like a meant to be kind of thing and this piano called sarah and sarah was like hello i'm here to take you home so thursday so wednesday she's like hey we have to set the studio up like, we have to rearrange the entire studio because this piano is coming, and I want it to be a little bit different. I want to have better feng shui. I want to have better flow. I want to start writing an album. Spoiler alert. We're doing that, so uh, we need to or we'll get furthering that process. But anyways, uh, we need to change the space up. It's time. And I was like, oh, man, cool. Like, we haven't had a band overhaul, like a full-blown. There's been, like, semi-changes in that room, but not a full-blown overhaul. Uh, since, well, since we started working on Walk Among Us in 2015. So, 
uh, it was a long process. We worked from 9.15 at night till about 6 in the morning, nonstop, just moving things and adjusting things and cleaning places and deciding what's to keep, what's to throw away, like all the things you do when you do a full rearrange. We were doing it, man. It was hardcore, like putting up new decor and shit, like whatnot. She's got a whole fucking wall dedicated to Zelda. It's the fucking coolest thing. I really should probably take a picture for the show just to show you guys, you know? <clears throat> so, uh, worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked my fucking ass off getting that studio ready. And Sarah and I worked so hard. I mean, we did such a good job just making sure that everything flowed how we wanted it to. So Thursday morning comes around. We've only got like four hours of sleep. We get up and the piano's on its way at some point. Sarah goes to get Duncan. We're gonna do some finishing tidying in the studio, whatnot. We do. It's nice. It's 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 really getting there. And then also Thursday was Valentine's Day. So Thursday, boom, the piano shows up. As soon as the piano gets there, I have to immediately leave to go to Lowell to pick V up. So I get to Lowell, pick V and Oliver up. We drive, drop Ollie off at his dad's house. We head back to Hammond. We get there. We're hanging out for a little bit. The girls are getting ready because Thursday night we went to the Lyric Opera, which was fucking amazing. I'm here to talk about it. We went to the Lyric Opera, and we saw Electra, which is not the daredevil uh, side character by any stretch of the imagination. This is a story that is fucking awesome. It was a German opera uh, first and foremost, I want to say that shout out to this homie, Chris Turns. This dude is a fan of the band and also a, a friend of mine now. And I really, re I really, really appreciate what he did for us because it's like, Hey, just so you know, you can get tickets for way cheaper if you put in this code. And I was like, what? So we got tickets to the opera, $300 seats per ticket for 30 bucks a ticket. So we paid 10% for each ticket. It was amazing. So we have like a the maybe the best seats in the house. It was it was insane. Not like we weren't super up close. We were just like perfectly in the middle of the auditorium to to the perfect side like we the and that's what I'm going to talk about the visuals. So we're sitting there and there was a couple in the one singular row that was in front of us and they were taking pictures and they were like do you want us to take your guys pictures and I was like sure and that's now my profile picture. And uh, this old dude took it. It was super cool. And then, like, uh, they were, will you take our picture? And we were like, yes, of course, sure. We did it, you know. And um, Chris came up. He was there at that specific uh, event. And he was like, hey, man. I was like, hey, oh, my God, what's up? How's it going? You know, we chatted. We BSed for a little bit. And, uh, and then he went back to his seats right before the curtain. And the curtain comes up. And, you guys, I, like, had a fucking meltdown. Like it's making me like kind of emotional right now to think about because it was so amazing. Uh, there's this big fucking stage. It's huge. It's bigger than my fucking house, man. And uh, man, this stage was incredible. It was just like I don't know how to describe it because it literally just took it. It took it away from me. It like blew my whole entire mind because the. The set didn't look like it was a, uh, like it was some sort of shitty play. You know, it was, uh, it was the real fucking deal, man. And it was one of the coolest experiences in my whole life. You have to, you have to envision, though, that they're singing in German. 
And while they're singing in German, you have to be looking up at a screen while also looking at the actors doing the, the, the parts and read what is being said, essentially, so you can follow along with the story. So while you're doing that, and I'm going to I'll, I'll describe the set in a second because that is very important. I just uh, got overwhelmed with the moment just like thinking about it was it's crazy. It was just it really was it literally it shook me because it's like the side of this huge fucking building and there's rubble and rocks and the whole entire like road looks like real and then there's this fucking pool and I don't mean like a an above ground pool or some sort of fancy ritzy in ground pool like an old school like bath from way back in the ancient times and uh this set like was narrow and it, it was angular it didn't look like it didn't sit to how the stage looked it was three-dimensional in a way i can't even it was like a movie it really was it gave you the appearance of a movie and then, like the, there were two humongous pillars and on either, either side there are the stairs and the stairs led up to this gate right and this fucking gate slides and shit and it's like super mobile and the lighting was out of sight the way they utilized and played with light to create what looked like fire while also using real fire and create nighttime with the moon effect and not and it wasn't cheesy it didn't what it, it didn't come off as like them trying to do that it came off as like holy fuck they opened the fucking roof and we're outside now or holy shit we're in this fucking very specific moment in this story um, and then to touch on the story itself, it's fucking so brutal. This girl, Electra, her dad has been brutally murdered in his pool. That's the pool. He was the king, I guess, and he was betrayed by his wife. And there's this new guy that's fucking his wife, and the queen's like this crazy bitch. And Electra just is hates everybody because this happened to her dad her brother arrest is allegedly dead and you know there's just this the rumor of that or whatever and then ultimately you know uh she's trying to convince her sister like something has to change the queen is crazy and the queen comes to her and is like hey i'm having these really bad nightmares and i can't get the nightmares to stop and i'm trying to figure out how to stop them and electra's like well the way to stop them is for you to fucking die and she's like, what? She's like, no, seriously, think about it. If you die, you won't have the dreams anymore. Like, that's what has to happen. And the queen's like, wow, this you fucking opened my brain. You gave me great thought. Like, this is weird. But then, boom, there's the news that Orest is dead. He's really dead. He's really died. These two men have showed up in town, and they're, they're bringing the news that Orest has died. And uh, Electra's fucking, she breaks. And she goes and gets the axe that they killed her father with. She stole it and kept it. And she's going to go seek revenge on everybody in the fucking castle. And just right before she does, this stranger shows up. And they're talking back and forth. And the stranger ultimately reveals himself to be Orest. And he's not dead. And he's like, listen, sis, I love you. You don't have to do anything. Let me take it from here. And he goes in like a fucking pimp. And slaughters people. And I'm getting to the fucking best part. I have, to do all, I have to do all this setup because there's like the moment that like exploded my brain into the enjoyment of this like very, very, very particular world that once you get a taste of it, you kind of uh, you kind of get hooked a little bit. I, I'm, I'm going to be really honest with you. So uh, 
So Orest goes on a fucking killing spree in the in the castle year. The queen scream and her like new beloved is oh by the way the queen's tits were out the whole time. Also by the way they weren't real like her real tits were not out. It looked like her real tits were in fact out, but they were prosthetic tits because prosthetic tits sit nicer than fake tits. That was literally a quote from the director of the fucking thing. Like that's crazy, right? So anyways, um Arrest is on the killing spree, and Electra's like fucking overjoyed. Her sister, who she cursed, uh, you know, is like, "What did you do, Electra? Like, what the fuck?" And she's like, "Arrest is alive," and they're joyous together. But then Electra gets so overjoyed and overwhelmed that what she wanted to have come true is coming true. That she like kind of dies from happiness. And as this all is hap, like right before it happens, she is, uh, you know, singing this piece. And the fucking stairs that I was telling you guys about, that's like the major part of the set piece, uh, they start to fucking bleed. And it was the fucking most metal, it it was the fucking coolest thing. I literally was like, what the fuck? You're not supposed to talk in the opera. Also want to mention that it's like at one of the quietest parts in the opera, I accidentally knocked over my pop can that was empty. So it was like, clink, 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 as loud as it could be, and like, oh, fuck, of course, I'm the dumbass that made the loudest noise at the opera. Of course, Nate, it was me. So, it was just like, the stairs bleeding was the moment. I was like, this is so fucking metal. Like, oh my god, the opera is giving me something I wasn't expecting. I mean, really not expecting this, you guys. Genuinely, I had no idea these stairs were going to bleed. I had no idea the set was going to look so cool or be functional or they were gonna how they were gonna be able to play with lights and we had the perfect seats to see just the best it was the best fucking i got lost in it you guys so like here's the deal it's a two-hour opera in german okay two-hour opera in german i want you guys to think about that for just one second ponder that with your brain some of you guys i know you're thinking about it you're like holy fuck that's a long fucking time nate really you did that yeah and here's the crazy part right before it was over I was like, man, I should probably like check and see how long we're, how deep we're into this, you know, how long we've gone. Uh, so I'm like, uh, I turned my phone back on. It was actually fully off. I never fucking do that. But this one time I was like, you know what, just to be like super extra fucking sure, I'm going to quadruply make sure that I'm not the asshole that makes noise. I'll actually shut my phone off because silencing it could like maybe something will happen and it'll trigger a noise like some stupid fucking Trump alert. I don't I have no idea. No idea whatsoever what it could have been. So I shut it off. So I turned it back on, though, to find out like I was like I was like we're sitting here and we're in the, we're I don't know how deep we are into this thing. But Sarah and V had told me it was two hours. and I was like, man. We're probably like an hour and a half in. Maybe we're like an hour in. I was like, you know, we're probably like 50 minutes in. We probably have about an hour to go. That's probably, that's, that's my guess. So I click my thingy and um, I click my phone on and it's, it's booting up and I'm watching 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 and boom, it ends right when I thought we were only about fucking halfway. That's amazing. I could have sat there for two more hours and just watched them on that stage. It was incredible. It was a surreal experience. And then like this lady that played Electra was insanely good. It was just so brutal, so dark, so uh, 
so bloody. It was a perfect thing for Valentine's Day. And then I'm just trying to remember, like, Friday, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. I apparently have the hiccups right now. So that's going to be something we have to deal with during the show, folks. There's no way around that. But uh, for some reason, like Friday, I did a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, just band booking things and whatnot and and network behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, Also, shout-out Dick. I don't know if you noticed, but totally changed the flyer that's for our Fun for Funs. By the way, you guys, March 23rd, Fun for Funs. You guys, Lafayette, Lafayette, Indiana. If you're in Lafayette, Indiana, you can come to the North End Pub and see several different shows from the network in one place happening at the same time. Okay, awesome. Okay, right. Super excited. And then after that, members of those podcasts, also are members of bands that are all going to be playing the same show that night it's going to be a fucking amazing experience and it's all for a good cause it's all to raise money for the network so we can get some cool shit and get it to you guys that's the whole point we want our listeners to be able to get more stuff to be able to be more interactive so if you're a listener in the area lafayette in in anywhere in the surrounding central indiana area or feel like driving from illinois even come to fun for funds it's gonna be a party we got uh, amazing uh, com- stand-up comedy by Patrick Murray. We've got some other stuff. Uh, there, there may or may not be a bake sale from Foodies Watching Movies. Uh, so yeah, I was doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff like that. Uh, you guys definitely want to look into that. You can get it on Facebook. Just search Fun for Fun's Journey into Comics Network or Journey into Comics Network Presents from Fun for Fun. Something like that. It's on there. You'll find it pretty easy. Uh, you'll know the flyer when you see it. It definitely screams, it's us! Hey, we're here. Uh, so, oh, you guys also, weird, this is fun, this is another strange thing that happened. So, on Saturday, I was the Mad Hatter for kids. That sounds fucking weird, you guys, but let me explain. So, I did this thing where I was in costume, dressed up like the Mad Hatter, Pretending to be goofy and funky and fucked up and crazy and wild and zany and wacky and weird uh, as just kind of a shtick for this place that V works at. And uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to kind of be in this character. I wasn't myself. I I kind of did my a little bit of a, a kind of a Peter Dinklage. Uh, we need the axe, you know, like a voice. Um, do you have the time? You know, stuff like that, and it was it was it was hysterical. The kids loved it; it was great, and the adults loved it too. I was everybody wanted a picture; it was fun. Uh, it was just a weird like that's just my life in a nutshell. It's weird things like going from doing shows to to a camera to playing the Mad Hatter to then these other things that are happening. But before we get out of the walk among us talk, and I know we're pretty deep in here now, guys, and you guys probably want to get to some of the news. And there's lots of other stuff, and there's like another thing I want to talk about before we actually get into the news. I got to remember to do that. I will make sure to remember that every time I look at Bruce with dudes, I have to think about LaFiCon. So anyways, uh, to get back to the other thing, uh, we Walk Among Us recently, it was recently announced that we have a show. And that show is April 6th at Punk Rock Night Indianapolis. And that show is WrestleMania Five. You guys, and uh, if you're my friend and you're in the area, 
I strongly advise you come to this show. I beg you to come to this show. I'll talk to everyone every chance I get to come to this very specific show because we are in a fatal four-way match for the Punk Rock Night World Championship. I cannot even believe it, you guys. And here's the crazy thing about that. It's one thing to be a fan of wrestling, but to be a fan of wrestling and also be able to use that as a part of my band and be able to kind of like bridge those two worlds is an incredible experience. And I don't think that maybe the other bands necessarily have any kind of edge on me in this regard. Like I know one guy in one band, he's a kind of a wrestling mark, but I don't mentally think he's ready or prepared to go up against me when it comes to being creative and thinking outside the box to to break it down to brass tacks. So Here's the thing, Jack. We have to do shit-talking promos. We have to cut it and be straight with people and say the thing and, and all these things. And I thought, you know, what better way to cut my teeth than to do a promo right now? Right here, right now. Unplanned, unscripted. I don't have anything written in front of me. I didn't plan to do this that much. I was going to just talk about WrestleMania a little bit. You know, uh, before we actually do this, I will say I'm going to do a quick drink break. And then we're going to come back with a uh, a promo. So this drink break is, as always, brought to you by Poor360. You guys can check that out every Tuesday right here on the Journey Into Comics Network. Journeyintocomics.com Damn, it feels good. Drinking that water felt delicious, right? It was delicious. It tasted great. Here's the plan, you guys. Walk Among Us is going to go into Punk Rock Night Indie. Walk Among Us is going to go to WrestleMania 5. Walk Among Us is going to kick the shit out of each and every band that's there. Here's the problem. All those bands are going to be doing the thing they are known for. They have no outer wheelhouse. What they know is what they stick to like glue. We can go check out every single thing they've done on the internet and go, Oh, we know what you do, we know what you do, we know what you do, but we've never... Not once, not for one second, shown our full hand. We will not show our full hand. Nobody, nobody but the three of us know everything we're capable of. And that's the problem. See, they think they're going to come into WrestleMania. They're going to take something that's not even theirs. The problem is the guy who won the championship last year, the band that won last year was too afraid. They heard Walk Among Us is coming to town. They said, fuck that. We can't hang with those dudes. We played with them before. We're, we, we can't do it. Here's the crazy thing. One of the bands we played with uh, at a different show is on this card. They know what we're capable of. They know they can't follow us. And they aren't going to follow us. Here's the problem also. Here's another thing I'm thinking about. Put us first. I want them to let Walk Among Us open that show. Why? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you be first? The crowd won't be as big, maybe. Maybe this, maybe that, whatever. I don't give a damn because here's the fact. There is zero band that we play with that follows what we do. We are guaranteed unique, authentic, one-of-a-kind, genuine, and unfucking stoppable And there's no one, no one who can question that. So come WrestleMania 5, Punk Rock Night, Indianapolis, April 6th, 9 p.m., the Melody Inn. Filth and Majesty, Three Cities, Ninth Circle Symphony, you are all going to feel the 
And that is a fact. That is an absolute fact. Because when it's all said and done, there will only be one victor. They will raise our hands. Because we are the greatest, and we know it. Anyways, so back to it. That's what we have going on. But while I had that challenge going on, another challenge kind of happened. See, there's this like weird path to glory and a strange turn of events. Several different times that I've been around Nick Max and he's talked about Mario Kart, Mario Kart, Mario Kart, Mario Kart, Mario Kart, till he's blue in the face Mario Kart. And that's lovely. That's splendid. But here's one thing that maybe Nick Maxon doesn't know about me, Joe Rogan. I'm undefeated at Mario Kart publicly. I have never, in a public setting, lost a game of Mario Kart. Here's the deal also. It used to be, like, back at Lafayette, or not, back, back before Lafayette Con, at Villains Con, you guys, back around uh, Journey into Comics 100, a whopping 130-some-odd episodes ago, uh, 31 to be exact, it just, I would let people get 20-second leads Start the race, and I would just sit there and count to 20 aloud and then just whip that ass. I kind of play that game on a different level, and I don't mean to hype it up too much. I don't want to make Nick feel bad. I love that guy. This is nothing but professional respect and love. I have to know 1v1, the great one versus the great one, who is the great one, who is the true champion, who is the best. So what we thought is, why not? Make something fun. Another April challenge, right? So at LafiCon 2019, LafiCon 5, mind you, another 5, another chance for me to take home something and be victorious, right? It's going to be Nick Maxson, the Overlord of Doom, versus the Podfather, Nate Phillips, in Mario Kart 8, winner takes all. I don't, we haven't figured out the fancier part of the details, what the tracks are, how many CCs we're racing, most likely 150. Uh, at least that's where I vote we race. Uh, it's a, it's, it's the fastest without being the craziness because 200 stupid. It's not even fun. It, it is fun. I, I, I digress. I do have fun on 200, but anyways, uh, yeah, so that challenge got thrown down and, uh, I, t- I think I did that on the, the, like this last week's episode of Bruce with dudes, they were on their show and they were just talking about Mario Kart and I was like, Fuck it. I challenge you, Nick, right now. Like, let's do it. Let's go. And he accepted. So there, there is no there is no holding back, you guys. Uh, but for real, man, it's crazy. Uh, the opportunities that I've been afforded to do uh, at being a part of Walk Among Us. We've had a lot of cool shit come up. And there's more cool shit for not just Walk Among Us, for, but for the network as well uh, coming up very soon. So now we are officially deep into the show. There's been zero talk of anything super comic book related, I guess. Uh, a lot of brutality and other stuff, but uh, here we go because we're going to do some news. Let's start with DC, motherfuckers. As uh, let's talk about this is pretty big news. Ben Affleck has officially confirmed he is hanging up the cape and cowl as Batman. 100% done. It's over. There will be no conjectures. There will be no what ifs. There will be no maybe he'll end up in Matt Reeves' universe. It's not going to happen, folks. Ben Affleck will no longer be the Batman saying, yeah, I am. I have decided. Uh, I tried to direct a version of it. Worked with a really good screenwriter, but couldn't come up with a version. Couldn't crack it. So I thought it was time to let someone else take a shot at it, and they got some really good people. Warner Brother, oh, oh, and then Jimmy Kimmel actually did something really cool where uh, he, uh, 
retired Affleck's cape and cowl into the rafters at his studio. And uh, he was he asked Ben Affleck, "Do you want to say anything like as a like a a bow out moment?" And he said, uh, "I'm not Batman, I guess." So that was pretty funny. We'll see what happens with uh, Batman, the Batman coming in 2021 with Matt Reeves. So looks like that's, uh, you know, that's all she wrote for Ben Affleck. It's interesting because the 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 whole thing with um, the whole entire thing with the Matt Reeves universe that he's trying to create uh, comes back to the what ifs and possibilities. Uh, somebody had suggested it was actually Jack Black himself, as I covered last week, suggested that he play the Penguin. Somebody made fan art of the Penguin. This guy, uh, let's see, what's his username? Jackson Durr, that's J-A-X-S-O-N-D-E-R-R on Instagram, did an original edit of uh, Jack Black as the Penguin. It looks really fucking good. I really dig it. it I mean, you know, it's really Photoshopped, but it has to be. You gotta come up with something, but man, uh, I don't. I, th- I feel like maybe Jack Black would just be a pinch too goofy. It would be, you know, a hard sell. Hard sell. It could work really well. It could be really, really good and creative and bring out a different darkness to that character, or it could totally back fucking fire and be shitty and not good. Uh, you know, both of those things are possible as far as I'm concerned. So we'll see, man. I, like I said, I think. Listen, if I'm fan casting what we do with the Batman movie that that Matt Reeves has, like if I, if I'm really as a fan of Batman saying what would I do to reinvigorate this universe, this tired character that's kind of been done several different ways, a couple attempts really well, a couple attempts maybe a little bit more poorly, a couple attempts somewhere in the middle, you're not going to be perfect every time and hit the mark. You know, uh I feel like here's my thought. I would do a Batman movie where it's Batman at the peak of his, like, popularity and greatness. And I would have Robin there, obviously. I would, however, for the sake of the movie universe, switch it up and make Robin Damian Wayne. Pre the events of Apocalypse, pre him becoming essentially Superman. I would have Damian Wayne there. And I would have Batman there. So you have kind of like your young assassin, Damian Wayne, Kid Robin thing. Uh, a very seasoned Bruce who's not too old. He's, he's like I said, he's he's peaking. He's pe- he's he's the LeBron James of, of Batman, or he's the Michael Jordan in 96 Batman, right? Uh, 96 Jordan Batman. So he... Uh, you know, it, it would be like, okay, so Batman would be kind of hyper-focused on getting everything right, and a major catastrophe would happen. Something unplanned that would cause Arkham to be opened up. Now you would go, oh my god, there's so many options, and you can go so many places. Where would you go? What would you do? Who would you, who would you pull from? And it's like, would you pull from Penguin? Meh, Maybe. Honestly, and you guys have heard it, it's tired, I know. Riddler's my first choice. It's easy for me. He's very intelligent. He's very crazy. He's very unpredictable. He also is very calculated. If you follow along to the rules of his game, he usually is fair, right? So that creates an interesting thing, and then you would say, well, do you need a second villain? Can Riddler carry the whole thing? 
Not really. He really can't, but you don't need him to because in the subset of this whole movie, you need a secondary thing to carry Bruce along because you need to have, in order to make the first The Batman movie successful, it needs to see Bruce at his breaking point. It needs to see Robin ready to kind of leave or to go be bigger than himself. You know, he isn't going to leave, but he's just, he feels like he could be doing so much more and Batman's holding him back. And I think that Selena Kyle plays a hand. Selena kind of starts to date Bruce. She maybe influences Damien. Damien's like, who the fuck is this bitch? He starts to do a little bit of investigative journalism himself, realizes she's the Catwoman. Dad, how you fucking can't figure this out? What? Get out of here. You couldn't figure that out? World's greatest detective? Are you sure? You're supposed to be 96 Batman Jordan, bro. You can't be 96 Batman Jordan. It's not happening, man. You're trash. You couldn't figure it out. So that creates tension between those two, right? Then it will ultimately create a turn where in the end, towards the end of the movies when you have the Joker show up. The unpredictability of the Joker is what sets the tone because Joker hurts Batman and you think he might be dead. Damien shows up and saves the day. So then you put over the young hero. They don't do that. They always make Batman this true hero. You really, truly put Damien over and make him the man. And then, and then Catwoman does that like chaotic neutral thing where she's like, okay, Bruce, I love you and I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to get us in this mess. And Joker is crazy and Riddler is eventually, he's not caught. Now, that's one thing I want to keep in mind too. Riddler is not caught, but Batman learns to play along to Riddler's rules this one time. And it creates for interesting drama, too, because he's kind of doing shit that typically Bruce wouldn't do. He's not necessarily following the normal formula. That's just what I would do. And I don't know if Penguin is necessarily the best sell, but who am I to tell? I don't know. Uh, let's, uh, you know what? There's a little bit of, you know what? Let's, do we want to do that first? There's like a couple bits of comic book news and there's a little bit of TV news in the DC land before we want to move over to the Marvel moments. Uh... Let's double down on some DC here with DC officially canceling the second coming. Uh, that's not a porn title. Um, and it is also uh, uh, funny that, that it just, it's official, guys. He's not coming back. The second coming has been canceled. As amidst protests from religious groups, DC has apparently canceled Second Coming, its planned Vertigo series that would have had, te had teamed Jesus Christ with a Superman analog. Uh, it was first announced by Vertigo back in June of 2018. Second Coming attracted the attention of Christian activists and Fox News in weeks leading up to the planned publication of its first issue this coming March. Uh, retailers received an email recently indicating that orders up for the first two issues of the series had been canceled and the title would not be resolicited. The comic goes on the heels of over 100,000 signatures gathered on a petition to kill the book on the grounds that it was outrageous and blasphemous. They took issue with the notion that God would unfavorably compare Jesus to a superhero and give him homework to be a better messiah. Man... Comic retailer Ryan Higgins recently tweeted uh, alerting fans that they, the, of the cancellation, noting, No one tell DC that they published Preacher. <laughs> Truth. Um, man, this is crazy. I guess it's weird to me, you guys. 
uh, we're in America, and I think you should have the right to say and do what you uh, want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. I think that if you have a satirical comic book with a different twist on the approach of uh, the the alleged Messiah Jesus, uh, that honestly, just being real here, it should be published for people to judge and, and decide whether the story was wholesome and had good value or was just trash to be trash, right? I mean, think about it like this. These guys could go, and if they really want to make this fucking book, do a Kickstarter. Go around the fucking system and make it anyways. Get it to your true fan base, the people that really want it, right? You guys follow me. We'll buy the book, and then we'll review it, and we'll talk about how funny it is or fucked up it is. And then it becomes even greater because now DC's second coming that would have just been an afterthought if no one would have fucking protested it like idiots. Like, I wasn't really that interested in this. Like, I didn't really care. I'm not going to read some Jesus book, man. That's not my bag. That's not what I'm into. But because of all the uproar and all the stir and all the occurrence that happened with it, it's like, man, I think I need to have this. So I'm really hoping that they do a Kickstarter and they do decide to uh, ruffle some feathers and still bring it. I would back it. I would absolutely back it. I'm sure there are other people that would back it. I'm sure they would get more than 100,000 signatures to say, please bring it out. Please, we'll give you $5 each. You know, just print the fucking book. Do it digitally. I don't give a shit. It has to... There has to be proofs of it somewhere, you know, release it somehow, maybe release it for free. That would just be, maybe that's what they'll do. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, this is to me kind of shitty. Uh, it's unfortunate that DC has to censor itself in a world where our president can say grab her by the pussy and all the other kinds of crazy shit that he's said. Um, and touts how great he is when he's not, but I digress. This is not a political podcast. You can check that out. Uh, whenever AP decides to get political over on poor 360, bud. Uh, big shit maybe tomorrow. Who knows? I don't know what topic he ends up getting for this week. I'm not. I can't remember what I voted on. Fuck. I have to go look. I have to go fucking look at some point. F panicked. Oh no, I can't remember what I voted on. I'm a bad person. Anyways, this drink break is actually brought to you once again by Poor360. Okay. Ooh, that's delicious. Water is so good. Yummy, yummy in my tummy. So while DC Comics has canceled Second Coming, there's kind of other things that have happened as Doomsday Clock and Batman Damned have both been delayed. I've got a little bit more news on Batman Damned in a second. Let's just cover this real quick. Two of DC's most buzzed about series, Batman Damned and Doomsday Clock, have been delayed. Uh, upcoming issues according to retailers. Again, Ryan... Higgins of Comics Conspiracy tweeted out news about Batman Damned 3, originally set to go on sale March 27th. The issue from Brian Azzarello and artist Jim Bermejo will be the final issue for the first ever DC Black Label miniseries. While sales have been brisk and fans are enthusiastic enough to say that Diamond Select Toys yesterday announced a Batman Damned Venomate uh, the series has some stumbling blocks. It's most famous for having uh, recalled its sold-out first issue after fans complained that uh, Bermejo's art revealed full frontal Batman nudity on one panel. You saw the shroom, it's true. Uh, Doomsday Clock, however, has been delayed until March 6th, at least for now, marking the latest in a series of incremental delays for the issue, which will pit Superman against Dr. Manhattan, the Watchmen follow-up, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, and Brad Anderson, has been a big commercial success. But when it started to slip behind schedule early in its run, DC announced that the book would be going on a bi-monthly schedule, shipping every two months rather than monthly. 
Doomsday Clock 8 hit the stands the first weeks of December, with 9 originally slated for the release last week. That has now been pushed to March 6th. That will be making it a full three months between issues. The story is set a year in the future of the DC Universe, and the original plan was for DC Comics to catch up to it by the time it concluded. That plan has likely been scrapped at this point since DC has various other events from Heroes in Crisis to the just-announced Year of the Villain project in works. Doomsday Clock is a very involved story, and I think that the bi-monthly schedule was favorable for the title. But our numbers have not decreased. We're still selling out and reordering it, and still selling out of reorders. So, you know, it's really... Sometimes it sucks when delays happen because you want your books. You know, you obviously want to talk about them and whatnot. But man, uh, it's okay when it's for a good reason. And I think Slow and Steady wins the race for both those books. Batman Damned, uh, once the third book is out, I'm going to review that series as a whole. I'll read all three books. We'll talk about them here. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, Doomsday Clock, I, I want that to be perfect. That's a story that's bigger than just one thing. You're really, you're changing the face of DC Comics by introducing and hopefully keeping a lot of these characters locked in that you've created for this Doomsday Clock story. So, uh, you know, it's... Recently, they, they also, I do want to also mention for the Batman Damned, they actually, this is how serious they are, they canceled orders by DC Comics for... Uh, or, or Batman Damned orders were canceled by DC Comics. Sorry, got that little bit of uh, dyslexia going on there. Uh, because it's obviously not ready yet, and they have some panels they want to repaint or whatever and get right. But uh, that just shows, man, they're like, hey, you'll get the book when it's time, but we're not even, we don't even want you to order this yet because we don't know when it's going to be done. We don't want to fucking have your money sitting around forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and the book never come out. That's not going to happen, but you never know. You have to be planned for anything. So, uh, Batman damned three orders canceled. That's a sucky situation. We're going to talk about one last big DC thing, folks. So I was talking about it, um, probably a month and a half ago i was watching titans and episode four was the doom patrol episode that was like introduction to these characters that are going to eventually get their own spinoff series that debuted this past week three days ago for those of you who listened in real time so this past friday they released doom patrol episode one i watched it it was really good it was really funny it was really interesting it had this meta kind of self-awareness without Fully being third wall break. It's got an interesting cast. Brendan Fraser. There's, um, man, some craziness. Uh, just Brendan Fraser's this like asshole car race car driver who's a pro, and his wife secretly hates him, and then like he fucking has a terrible crash, and some bad shit happens, and then uh, you know, uh, man, I I don't want to give everything away. It was it was so good. I really genuinely I want to be spoiler free about this as best I can like if you have the means to watch Doom Patrol do it you will not be wasting your time you will be so happy you did because it's a very interesting original thought provoking concept of a show uh and I I'm I'm not the only one that thinks this you guys uh the Doom Doom Patrol was actually 
reviewed by Rotten Tomatoes, as you guys would expect, and it earned itself a 92% fresh rating. Of course, that's only 11 reviews so far, so that's kind of a smaller scale, but that's, hey, that's really good, you know? Uh, now, Diane Guerrero plays Crazy Jane. She's got 64 personalities, by the way. Uh, she said this recently about the show. She said, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it was one of the easily, easily the weirdest show. I read the comic books before I had a chance to even read the script, so I go, oh, this is going to be, this is unlike anything I've seen before. I was really enticed by that. And then, of course, when you get the script and you see the language is amazing, the writing is just great, now you think, how the hell are they going to do this? I'm not too savvy about the CGI world or that kind of thing, but the effect stuff, but they're really making it work, so it's really fun to see. I believe we're sort of living in a very wacky world ourselves. I think that this isn't really too much of a stretch from what we've been seeing, especially in the state of our country now. So it's kind of like good to be on our show that sort of puts all that wackiness at the forefront and makes you deal with it whether you like it. If you decide to watch, then you'll have to deal with it whether you like it or not, whether it makes you uncomfortable. And it does, it does, it is, it is a little, I mean, I don't want to call it uncomfortable, but it is a little bizarro land, you know. Uh, but ultimately, this is just a great, a great outing. Uh, it's just there. It's on the button. It does it for me. It's, it's, ups and downs are worth it. You want to see these characters grow. I will say, watch Titans first and really get that. That Doom Patrol experience is amazing. Like to get that and to be able to talk about that is 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 next level. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, that pilot is amazing. Watch it if you have a chance. Uh, if not, you suck. But Alan Tudyk, he he was in Tucker and Dale vs Evil. He's been in a lot of other stuff, but uh, mainly that's the one I remember from because the one I like the most. He plays a couple different characters now because he's doing an animated series with Harley Quinn and he's the Joker voice for that. But he's also the villain Mr. Nobody in the live action series Doom Patrol. So he said, I wanted to make sure Mr. Nobody wasn't the Joker because I'm also doing that for DC. Uh, that comes out in October, so I was doing them at the same time. Doing them concurrently because we were recording on them. I wanted to make them different as far as vocally, just specifically vocally. It isn't, but it's in the character. It's in the writing. It really is there as far as his wry sense of humor, his sadistic side, his anger issues. Just the self-awareness that starts out right at the beginning. I wasn't that good of a bad guy. I was a bad, bad guy. I want to be a better bad guy. So I met a Nazi, as one does. He's just having fun. In the comics, Mr. Nobody becomes a villain after being exposed to an unknown experiment from former Nazi in a post-war Paraguay. He emerges from the experiment, essentially living in a, uh, living as a shadow with the ability to drain people's sanities, which, with much of that backstory being courtesy of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol run. Something that is said to be a humongous inspiration for the show, it will certainly be interesting to see how it gets adapted for the small screen. Tudyk went on to talk about his character as the Joker as well and uh, the comparisons of Mark Hamill. And he says, I don't know, I don't know, again, I don't know. Here's a funny story. Tony Hale plays Psycho, Dr. Psycho. He came in and I said hi, and he didn't. I didn't know. I just, he finished recording and he was coming in to record and he was talking to the producer saying, oh yeah, the Joker. Did y'all get Mark Hamill to do that? And I said, no, they got me. I'm doing the Joker. And he said, oh, did you get Mark Hamill to do that? Because you, or did you get Mark Hamill to do that because if you didn't get him it's gonna suck I'm doing the Joker 
He and he said, "Oh, I'm just saying that because I did the Joker and everybody said you're not not Mark Hamill. You suck." So knowing that I can't be Mark Hamill, I haven't listened to Mark Hamill. I haven't heard him, but I didn't watch it, so I couldn't recreate it. He's different in a way that he can cuss, and that's very probably referring. And I fucking can't read. Apparently, I think that's probably referring to be able to say, "Ah, fuck off." Having that in your ability and your Joker is fun. It's a very fun and funny cartoon animated series. I think the style of it lends itself to allow more flexibility. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I'm doing some of my voices, and sometimes I'll hear it, and when I watch the previews of it all, I just sound like me, and I hope it's okay. I'm just hoping, yeah, I hope it's okay. Well, I'm excited to see that. I didn't know about that. But Brendan Fraser... Also talking about his role in being Robot Man for Doom Patrol. And he says, Cliff Steele is straight-up narcissist. He's a daredevil. Okay, so he drives fast cars. And I question if or not he really won those races all fair and square. He's a glory hound and a cheater in more ways than one, not just on the track. Yes, he does need to get it together, but it's too late before he makes the decision to turn things around if he can, when he immediately loses his wife and child, or does he? Keep watching. It's a comic book. His journey is as beautiful... His Okay, hold on. In Doom Patrol, Cliff is a former race car driver who's involved, like I said, in an accident left his body uninhabitable. However, his brain was saved by Dr. Calderon, and he lives in the powerful robot... He, he keeps the brain in this robotic body. It's the recreation that Fraser said reminded him of a specific story from literature's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh, Cliff Steele's a crazy character. I loved I lo- I loved that first episode. I loved him in the in the Titans. Uh, yeah, the Titans show Doom Patrol episode was great, but I don't know, man. Brendan Fraser's cool. And it was good to hear him doing a, a really fun part as Cliff Steele, you guys, let's bring it back. We've got a, a tad bit of Star Wars news. Is that the right show? Star Wars news? We're talking Star Wars? You want me to talk Star Wars? Okay. I'll talk about Star Wars. We can do it. Let's talk about some Star Wars. You guys, there were some leaked photos that reveal potential spoilers. One major, well, there, you know, there's a lot of pictures of a lot of new characters. It's important to note there are some characters with horns and some that look kind of like Akbar and aren't. A new droid apparently is supposed to be like annoying to BB-8 throughout the movie, you know. So there's one picture, though, that we need to talk about. It's picture O in this leaked picture thing. We don't know if this is real or not. This might be some bullshit. It very well could be some bullshit, guys. I don't know. Not sure. But picture O is a reference photo of what? Old Lando. Old Lando. Think about that, guys. Lando, Lando, Lando. We are... I mean, it's really happening. We're going to have an amazing experience with uh, Billy D. Williams coming back to be Lando. I don't know what role he'll play. I don't know if they'll kill him. I don't know what the drama is going to be. This movie totally looks like it might be a little bit darker. The 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 different characters just have a different look. Of, I mean, I don't know. It's I'm excited for the new Star Wars movie, man. I know a lot of people are. Here's one thing that's crazy, though. Star Wars Episode Nine comes out in December this year. Only one person knows the title of the movie. J.J. Abrams. That's it. 
Someone, uh, actor Dominic Mahanagan, claimed that only J.J. Abrams actually knew in a recent post on Insta. Someone said, how can I make your Monday easier? Episode 9 title, Pretty Please. Someone said only, and he responded with, only J.J. Abrams knows. It's good to have secrets on Star Wars. <coughs> so, uh, well... We'll have to see what the title is. I don't have any guesses personally what the title's going to be. But uh, one thing that's for sure, they've possibly leaked when the title reveal date will happen. As somebody who works for Pine Studio, Pinewood Studios said, um, May the 4th be with you. Title drop. So we might get a trailer way before a title. But... We might not get the title till way later. Kind of doing that, not necessarily Avengers thing per se, because they didn't really do that, but um, maybe they're going to keep the title from us for a while. Who knows? We'll see how that goes. But maybe we'll be getting that soon. Very, 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 very soon. Uh, they, I mean, even they even teased that it could be coming as the Star Wars UK account posted some GIFs that said the calm before the galactic storm. Uh, and then, of course, fans were just like, oh my god, get ready, just give it to us, we want Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. I want Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. There's some more news, actually, about Star Wars Episode Nine. as Episode Nine is officially wrapped. J.J. Abrams said, in with a picture of Ray, Finn, and Poe hugging each other, and Finn is kind of a Finn sandwich right now. Uh, it feels impossible, but today, wrapped photography on episode 9, there is no adequate way to thank this truly magical crew and cast. I'm forever indebted to you all. So it's done, you guys. Star Wars episode 9 is wrapped. We might be getting footage soon, 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 soon. Sooner than we know. Uh, other things have wrapped filming, as The Mandalorian has also wrapped filming. That's going to be one of the things on Disney+, Plus. one of the first uh, series that they're going to release on Disney+. Plus. So that's awesome. That's a John Favreau helmed uh, venture with Pedro Pascal uh, being the main character. Also joining, but also joined by Gina Carano from Deadpool, Carl Weathers, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, Nick Nolte, Werner Herzog. I don't know that last one. Werner Herzog it says Metalocalypse. I don't know, but I know everybody else. Nick Nolte and Giancarlo Esposito was from Breaking Bad and. Carl Weathers is fucking Carl Weathers. Um, yeah. So the show is expected to drop sometime in 2019 and is rumored to be close to the tone of the original Star Wars trilogy. One of the episodes was directed by Thor Ragnarok director Taika Waititi, and he dropped hints that audience can expect the series to feel like the classics. Star Wars is a very different to Marvel style. They know that the tone of the first films really should kind of be kind of adhered to that's what the fans like and you can't really disrespect it i guess it's a nice way of saying can't put too many jokes in there's a bit my tone is in there the dialogue and stuff like that he kind of went on to say so the mandalorians are at filming i'm excited to see that too that's going to be amazing uh now there was some really interesting conjecture i don't know where i want to go here there's some really interesting conjectures we talk about the, the future of star wars and what's coming uh 
there were rumors that that dropped on Valentine's Day that Ryan Johnson had walked away from the trilogy that he was offered by uh, by Disney and Star Wars. Uh, a fan, uh, somebody reported, came out and said, Screen Rant doesn't like Ryan, and the rumor comes from Super Bowl movies. Until Ryan says it, I won't believe it. And Ryan Johnson says, I refuse to believe you didn't just make up Super Bro movies. And someone else asks, uh, is this true? And he said, no, it isn't true. I'm still working on the trilogy. With all due respect to the movie bros, who I'm sure are lovely, kind bros with good fraternal intentions, uh... Ryan Johnson's still doing the, his own trilogy. Maybe we'll get that little kid from The uh, Last Jedi and his story furthered into the future. Who knows? I'm not sure how that's going to play out. But good to know that Ryan Johnson's not gone. I, I like The Last Jedi and personally, not really fuck you because I'm don't really i not really mad at you guys. But like, come on. Rewatch that movie. It's really good. I mean, really, it's really good. I loved it. Uh, Anthony Daniels, you guys, he plays C-3PO. He's been giving out all these weird tweets. And it's just, I don't I don't understand what these tweets say, but it says signals faint, but now more bright stars because paleo fading and fading could be on the PA. Do the ants fading have to update system? This will never end. Robot error should read reboot. Pow is your only hope. Fade. No. That's exactly what it says. So, huh, I wonder what's happening. Uh, maybe Anthony Daniels is teasing that C-3PO is not going to make it out of this movie. And that would be a crushing death. If they kill C-3PO, people will riot. Mark my words. I, I mean, more than them when they killed Luke. I think that C-3PO is kind of like a different kind of sacred, maybe. So, yeah, man, uh, that's weird, the cryptic tweets. But speaking of trilogies... Star Wars, uh, recently there's been a, some Star Wars rumors. Game of Thrones co-creators reportedly offered three movies. The next film in the Star Wars saga will be landing in theaters uh, in December. But uh, David Benoff and D.B. Weiss would be developing a series of films, possibly, with HBO boss Casey Bloys revealing that the duo was offered to create an entire trilogy of films. When discussing Benoff's and Weiss's Confederate series being pushed back indefinitely with TV Line, he admitted that the delays had to do with the fact that they were offered three movies. Lucasfilms only claimed the duo would be working on a series of films, leading many to believe that a new string of films could continue in perpetuity, though it sounds like the project will be more similar to Star Wars The Last Jedi, Ryan, writer Ryan Johnson's planned trilogy of films. Each trilogy will be disconnected from the Star Wars saga and will seemingly be self-contained films. Well, the final season of GOT concludes this year, previous reports have claimed that the pair would begin working on the Star Wars films when production on the HBO season officially concluded. Interesting. So we'll have to see, man. That's, uh, that's some cool shit to hear, you know? It's coming. Star Wars, we're getting it. How exciting. You know? I'm fucking jazzed now we have a little bit of marvel news to close out our episode folks uh before we get out of here obviously want to thank our sponsors which is us thanks us we're so good 
Hopefully we'll have a sponsor soon. I would love that. That'd be uh, spectacular. If you would like to sponsor us, please feel free to just send your dollars. We're all about that life. You guys, they announced four Marvel series coming to Hulu. Not really a surprise. Hulu is going to become a part of Disney, which is going to become a part of everything that they have planned. So there's a new Hulu series coming out. Uh, several new series. Let's read them here. In the press release, they included these details. Marvel's MODOK. Centered around an egomaniacal supervillain with a really big head and a really little body who struggles to maintain control of his evil organization and his demanding family. Writers Jordan Bloom and Patton Oswald will also executive produce along with Jeff Loeb. Marvel's Hit Monkey tells the tale of wronged Japanese snow monkey mentored by the ghost of an American assassin as he cuts a wide swath through the Tokyo underworld in this darkly cinematic and brutal funny revenge saga. Writers Josh Gordon and Will Speck will executive produce along with Jeff Loeb. Marvel's Tigra and Dazzler show. It's a story about two woke superheroes and best friends, Tigra and Dazzler, as they fight for recognition amongst powered people who make up the 8 million stories in Los Angeles. Uh, writers Erica Ravinojev and Chelsea Handler serve as executive producers along with Jeff Loeb. As I said at the top of this, Marvel's Howard the Duck is a is trapped in a world he never made. But America's favorite fighting foul hopes to return home with the help of his unstoppable gal pal Beverly before the evil Dr. Bong can turn him turn him the crispiest dish on the menu. Writers Kevin Smith and Dave Willis also will executive produce along with Jeff Loeb. Marvel's The Offenders is a story which nobody asked them to, and we'd be better off if they didn't. But Modoc, Dazzler, Tigra, Hitmonkey, and Howard the Duck are all forced to team up in order to save the world in certain parts of the universe. Jeff Loeb will be executive producer. Huh. So that's interesting. That's a weird... And they're going to be a little bit more edgy, a little bit more adult, I guess, is what I've heard. So... Kevin Smith had something to say about Marvel allowing him to do this, uh, along with Dave Willis, who was a co-creator of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Shout out to Aqua Teen Hunger Force, you guys. In just a few short weeks here, you'll be listening to my interview with Casey Means. Or K Casey Means. I did that. Fuck, I did that last time. Carrie Means. I'm so sorry, Carrie. Uh, but I interviewed Carrie Means, you guys, and it was amazing. Uh, he did the voice of Frylock, and he also was Thunder Cleese on the Brack show. But uh, anyways, Dave Willis and Kevin Smith are going to be doing this Howard the Duck show. Kevin Smith said this, Thank you to Marvel and Hulu for letting me do foul things. Ugh. To, Mar or to Howard in animation. But the real brains of our operation is a legit cartoon genius. The great meatwad himself, Aqua Teen Hunger Forces, Dave Willis too, prepared to get ducked hard. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I'm preparing for that. That's going to be exciting, you guys. I'm really looking forward to that. Patton Oswald kind of broke his silence on the MODOK animated series, saying, I could not be more excited for you guys to see what we do with MODOK. He's the character I was sadly born to play. Marvel's MODOK will send around. Oh, I already read that. Um, but he, uh, Blum, who is executive co-producing the series with Oswald, had his own take on the series, digging deep into the character's comic book origins, finding a surprisingly relatable villain in the character, who is MODOK to me. Well, you have to start with his creation. I find MODOK to be just an iconic as all the other classic Jack Kirby Stanley collaborations. 
Kirby's design is the stuff of nightmares, yet he's also somehow slightly adorable. Stanley wrote this amazingly flawed character, always being undone by his inflated ego and thin skin. Over the years, he's been portrayed as both a menace and a joke, and I think our show is much more interesting in exploring him as a human being. A human being who's also a mental organism designed only for killing. At the end of the day, Modok is a giant-headed, petulant, insecure egomaniac with zero social skills. And I, for one, find that incredibly relatable. <laughs> I love that. So, that's exciting, you guys. Trying to see where we should go next. Talking about that deal with uh, Disney, Fox. It did hit a little bit of a snag here, because check it out. There's some bad news coming out of Brazil. Despite reports that the highly anticipated Disney Fox deal will be closing the first part of this year, the merger has been met with further resistance from regulatory bodies in Brazil. According to a new report from Bloomberg, Disney CEO Bob Iger recently flew to Brazil to meet with regulators in an attempt to calm any concerns. The report revealed Iger left the meeting without an agreement in place. Cade, Brazil's antitrust regulator, couldn't reach a decision on whether or not Disney had to sell one of its national sports networks, ESPN and Fox Sports, in the market. Brazil isn't the only loose end Disney needs to tie up before the deal can close. The merger has yet to receive approval in Mexico, and the conglomerate has yet to find a buyer for the 22 regional sports networks, a requirement put forth by the U.S. Department of Justice. It's been said that Cade has to make a decision on whether or not to approve the deal by a legal deadline set for March 17th. Their next meeting is currently scheduled for nine days from today, March 27th. Just last week, Rupert and Murdoch, chairman of Fox released a quarterly financial report stating significant progress on the deal had been made. We talked about that last week. So hopefully we get that deal done because the sooner we get that deal, the sooner we get our fucking fantastic foreign X-Men back home with the Marvel world, possibly in the Marvel cinematic universe. Let's see what happens. I am really looking forward to it. You guys let's continue on. Uh, I don't even know where I want... There's, like, several different interesting... Uh, <clears throat> you know, we were actually talking about D Disney Plus here, and I'll, I'll bring this up real quick. A new report from Hollywood Reporter indicates that Loki will lo the Loki series will likely take place throughout human history. Sources say the show will follow Loki as the trickster and shapeshifter pops up throughout human history as an unlikely influencer on historical events. So it is possible Kid Loki could come into play. Uh, there's all kinds of different things. You could do, do all kinds of different shit with this character if you put him behind the helm of changing human history. Uh, and, like, how will they stop that? I'm not even sure. I'm, I'm uncertain. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I am looking forward to it, though. That, that is one thing I will definitely say. I'm really, really, really looking forward to that Loki series that's going to be coming out on Disney+. Plus. Now, you guys, let's see. We have several different uh, Avengers things. Oh, you know what? Here's one thing. We were talking about Hulu. This kind of puts all two and two together. There was an announcement at the Hasbro presentation during the New York Toy Fair. We're going to cover that in a minute as well. Uh, during the New York Toy Fair, it was announced that New Mutants is going to come out August 2nd. Um, or, well, it was going to come out August 2nd. Now it's going to come out September 2nd, which is strange. That day is actually a Monday. Most movies don't come out on Mondays. Maybe that's just an error on Hasbro's part. Maybe it's because the rumors that 
New Mutants will be premiering on Hulu is actually the truth. And it's not going to become a major thing because they don't want it to be a major thing, you know, in the wake of this deal that they're trying to do. Uh, I don't know, man. This, uh, this seems like a strange move. Will New Mutants ever see the light of day? I don't know. Are they dangling this carrot? We'll have to see. Will it come to streaming services? Will it go to theaters? I I really don't know. I, I couldn't tell you guys. I don't I don't think I can predict accurately what happens with New Mutants because it just seems too cavalier, too wild. They've changed the date like ten times now. It's it's insane. So I just I kinda give up. I don't even care. Like it sucks. Macy Williams is gonna be in that, it's gonna be super cool. And now I'm just kinda like, eh, whatever, okay, who fucking cares? Whatever. It's fucking I don't really give a shit. Because I don't. It sucks. I hate that I don't give a shit, but I really don't. Uh, before I... You know, we're going to close with all that news. Because that's just like concurrent news that can just bam, bam, bam. So, there is an interesting theory. And the pictures and all the things, I mean, it all lines up with the possibilities. So, uh, there's a guy in Thor 2 who very well could actually be Taserface from Guardians. So from Thor the Dark World to Guardians 2, right? Thor 2, Guardians 2. In Thor the Dark World, there is a guy who is, I think he's like being imprisoned, and he goes to escape and his face gets electrocuted. He's got a long beard and a long ass ponytail thing going on, and you know, it's kind of a brute. Uh, like I said, he gets his, his face zapped, and taser face's face was zapped and the lines kind of match up with how the zap looks and his hair and facial features match with this guy like it wasn't necessarily planned obviously because the first guardians hadn't become a success yet but damn is that like great james gunn looking back motherfucker finding other parts of the mcu to use like oh that guy he just didn't do anything maybe i'll make him another character call him taser face like it's genius I don't know if that's possible, if that is actually what happened, but, man, this picture, like, it, it is very plausible that that is what happened. I don't know. We'll see. Check this out. This is something I did not know. So, Dane Cook is heading out on tour, and I know that is, what? Dane Cook? This is not Journey into Comics, like comedians. No, this is not Journey into Comedians. This is Journey into Comics. Dane Cook is heading out on his first major tour since 2013. He also remembers the heat he got for his audition for Captain America, what? He, he he was going to be Captain America, possibly? So he said this. He said... One of the things he tackled was the leaked Captain America edition, namely the fact that he was the one who talked about it in the first place and the fallout that came from it. Back in 2010, the comedian took to social media to celebrate his drop to 7% body fat, which was said to which he said was due to a Captain America audition as well as his upcoming stand-up tour. The part was for the role of Cap, a.k.a. Steve Rogers, in the Joe Johnston-directed Captain America The First Avenger. Ultimately, Chris Evans got the role, but when someone asked if he really auditioned, he confirmed it, and looking back, he regretted going public with the information. Oh, I got in so much trouble, he said. I was feeling really excited, but it was supposed to be quiet, private thing. I wrote an apology letter to the cast and director because they were upset. Uh, everything seemed to work out fine, obviously. Uh, you know, Chris Evans has been great. I don't think Dane Cook would have made a good Captain America. I mean, 
Maybe, but probably not. I don't. That's a that's a hard sell for me. I don't think that flies where I'm at. Here's something interesting. Samuel L. Jackson recently was at a, a, a some sort of press conference or whatnot, and said that he thinks that Sa- that Stanley could still appear in future Marvel movies from 3D scans. He said about Stanley, he'll be missed, and I'm sure. Well, the way they scan us. He might end up in every Marvel movie we do. You'd be shocked. I th- thought he was dead. When did he shoot this? They probably got a lot of stuff they can stick stand in just because they scanned the rest of us. They scanned him anywhere near as much as they scan us. Since it was a live stream, the video cuts off slightly, but we're able to see Brie Larson chime in and explain what scan us actually means. There's a room that has like 100 cameras in it, and it scans. It does like a 3D scan of your body, and it can create like a hologram. I don't think they're supposed to know that, Jackson replied. Oh, really? Well, you said it, she answered. I just said they did it. I didn't tell them how they did it, he explained. She said, oh, well, sorry. The Marvel Ninjas are going to come after me now, she joked. She's in trouble, he joked. Uh, and Jackson also noted that if he felt Lee's spirit on set... Uh, also, oh, Jackson was also asked if he felt Lee's spirit on set and how the comic creator impacted his life. He said, I don't feel his spirit on set. We don't know when Stan's going to be somewhere. I don't know where he was in this particular film or when he was going to show up for most of the other films either. While Lee might not be felt on the other sets all the time, he's still a great impact on Jackson's life. Occasionally he might show up on set somewhere, um, but I've been reading comic books all my life, so Stan's been one of the greatest influences, you know, of my life in terms of who they are, how I feel about them, what I think they can do, what I think I'm capable of, and what it means to be on the inside playing a particular character. Damn. Love it. Man, R.I.P. Sam or R.I.P. Uh, Stan Lee. You know, Sam Jackson bringing the thunder with those words. Uh, here's a crazy thing. You know, they shot Endgame and Infinity War back to back, like within like a year's time. They shot two movies, two full movies, two full three plus hour movies, um, and some stuff that like way, way, way back in reporting got lost in the shuffle. And then you, you, so like stuff got reported on that maybe didn't make the first movie, and maybe people didn't think about it or forgot about it or whatever. But an old Infinity War detail has kind of spoiled a possible location reveal. Uh, you know, in 2017, Robert Downey Jr. and others were secretly filming in a mock pub in Borders, England. The mock pub called the Cormorant and Tun. And it was said that, well, here's what he said. It said that it confirmed that the scene reunited Bruce Banner and Thor and Tony Stark and Rocket Raccoon, possibly, because that's where Rocket's at, hanging out with Thor, the Cormorant, and Tun at the Scottish border. So, uh, it all, it, and, and the in-game Super Bowl spot reveals Rocket Raccoon in a location that appears to be the Cormorant and Tun. So it is possible that all those people are going to be in one spot together. Uh, Rocket, Thor, Hulk, Iron Man. We'll have to see what's coming. It's really exciting time. We're just over two months away now from this movie. And I can't... I'm so hyped. I can't even fucking deal with it. Uh, Tom Holland also let a big spoiler slip last year. Talking about Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, they were asked by Access which of the two actors flubbed the most lines. Cumberbatch named himself, but was 
quickly defended by Tom Holland, who said he has the most difficult lines, though. He has to talk so much about the quantum realm stuff. <laughs> Doctor Strange didn't talk about the quantum realm in Infinity War. It wasn't really mentioned. And if he's going to talk about it a lot in Endgame, well, how the fuck can you talk about it if you're dead? Because he's not dead, because he's in the quantum realm, because that's where they are in the soul world, and they're in the soul stone, and that's what's going on. And he knows it because, like he said, it's the only way, Tony. Uh, so, spoilers from Tom Holland, the king of spoilers. Also, the new costumes, you guys have maybe seen them. They're like red, white, and black. They're sleek. They have a really sick look to them. They've been on some toys that have recently surfaced and been revealed. They officially have names. Some people calling them Quantum Realm suits. That's actually not true. Right now, they're going to be known as the Advanced Tech Suits. Um, this being confirmed through Lego sets and other places. Advanced Tech Suits. I cannot wait to see this movie. I just keep saying it over and over and over and over and over again. Also, speaking about Endgame, the toys from Endgame were banned from New York Toy Fair. It just It was this year. There were no Legos. There were no anything. They were not allowed to have anything from Endgame because there are too many possible spoilers. It could give away too much. you got to think, too, with Captain Marvel on the horizon, they don't want to give too much away on that either. They're still they, People still have to get hyped for that movie. And, and then there's that whole other conversation that I could have. Maybe that'll be my closing segment. It's going to be. Yeah, so uh, there were some figures revealed that showed Captain America with this weird advanced armor on. Uh, it also showed Iron Man with this advanced armor on. And then just a straight-up Captain Marvel looking bad as hell. No armor. And then we've also, of course, already seen the Ronin figure. I think they showed the, the Thanos figure somewhere. But this is what I want to talk about. This is the last thing I want to talk about before I get out of here. Uh, this shit that's been going on with Comicsgate is gone even further than too far, and I have to say something. I've had people who are in the comic book industry say to me privately that they're not allowed to have an opinion on this because if they're against Comic Gate, they become an enemy. And if they say, well, right to free speech, you can say whatever the fuck you want to say, that people are going to say you're not defending the honor of people in comics and the whole point of it. So it's like a you're damned if you do, you're fucked if you don't kind of thing. So what I'm recently learning is there are fucking people in the comic skate community that are trying to bombard Captain Marvel with shitty reviews to try to damage it. It's that whole mentality they did with Solo. It's the whole mentality they're pissed that a female superhero is going to come in and help kick Thanos' ass. And why is it a girl? Like, they can't just be cool, man. And it just it pisses me off. It really does. Like, why can't you motherfuckers chill? And just seriously recognize what an amazing time it is to be a fucking fan of comic book movies. You stupid fucks. You're going to fuck it up for all of us, man. All these badass fucking movies that Marvel throws out. Once in a while... Okay, listen. Go back to last week yet again talking about how in the modern era, I don't think DC's hit a very many home runs, if any. You know, Wonder Woman is maybe a guaranteed Grand Slam Justice League was a solid double at most, but they've not had amazing outings. Not like Marvel and their track record. I mean, Marvel has so many movies that have been number one every single fucking release for a reason, man. It's not because they're shitty movies. They're quality. So you guys are going to fuck that up if you keep up this 
ideology that you don't want equality in in these movies. Everyone deserves a fair shake. You're going to hear me say it a million fucking times. I don't care if you're pink, if you're orange, if you're black, if you're brown, if you're red, if you're yellow, if you're green, if you're gold, if you're violet, if you're blue, whatever fucking color you are, you shit rainbows. I don't give a fuck. Live your fucking lives, man, and be happy. That's all that matters, man. So all this other shit, all these people that are trying to create drama unnecessary and bomb and give bad reviews and be shitty, like, why spread hate? Spread joy. If you're listening to my podcast right now and there's one thing I can have you take away today, what I want you to do, I'm demanding it. The Podfather's not asking you right now. I'm demanding that you find someone who is not in your immediate inner circle and do something nice for them, whether it's a small gesture of saying, hey, man, I saw a post the other day and things didn't seem all right. Are you good? Or, hey, uh, so X, Y, and Z, I saw you needed a fucking a, a couch and I've got six couches in my garage that are doing nothing. Do you want one? Do something nice for someone. Better the society by paying it forward to someone else and giving back to the world man that's what's going to make all of us better if we can all be on that page and all take care of each other it takes a tribe man it's not these motherfuckers think you do it alone it's not right everybody's got to work as a team in some different way you know what i'm saying so listen you dumb motherfuckers with this um fucking goddamn comic skate shit i'm so mad about it you guys like it just it really upsets me this comic skate shit just stop it's fucking done like it's bad it doesn't work you're pissing me off you're pissing off a lot of great people man and people in the industry think you're fucking dumb like they think you're fucking stupid chump change and they are also afraid that they're going to fucking wreck the community they're trying to sustain because of your dumb asses. You guys are so busy trying to fight for what you think is a good cause, you're wrecking the cause. That's what I have to say. So that's going to do it, folks. As always, you guys can check out the Journey into Comics podcast at journeyintocomics.com on Journey into Comics Network. You guys can get all the different shows on our network just by hitting that subscribe button on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, CastBox, Spotify. Just search Journey into Comics Network. Hit the subscribe button. Get every episode of every show that drops on our network. We release an episode every day of the week. We have a consistent, solid schedule Monday through Sunday. It doesn't really change once it gets locked in. Every six months, we kind of keep it standard to one certain style. You guys can check this show out, Journey into Comics, as well as Poor 360, Journey into Wrestling, Foodies Watching Movies, Adulting Ain't Easy, Podcastrophe, Kids for Sale, Crucial Tunes, The Voice of Survival Podcast, Gallif Radio, Brews with Dudes, Dungeons with Dudes, and many more to come. We have big plans for the future, folks. You heard it here first. I got the hiccups again. At least they waited till the end of the motherfucking podcast. All right, folks. Well, for this episode of Journey into Comics, I've been your host, Nate. This is Journey into Comics 231.96, Batman Jordan. As always, tip your caps back, hiccup, and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys.